Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If you like Mount Rushmore shows and stupid poll questions, you've chosen the wrong sports radio show. Expect more. Live from Atlanta, it's the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. And I'm coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, Rocket can. Coming to you live from Atlanta. For now. Where I used to be full-time employed. What do you mean for now? What do you mean for now? I mean, somebody's going to give me a job at some point. I'm going to be back and employed. I really do. Doesn't a local audience somewhere deserve me? Don't they deserve me, Anthony? Or is that too presumptuous? Not that I would ever be presumptuous. That's not my style. (laughs) Not my style. Gotta love it. Thank you, Rocket Mortgage. I appreciate you being a part of this show, and I appreciate everybody who listens to this show every week. Checking out the podcast As Anthony points out at CBSSportsRadio.com, listening on the Radio.com app where you can rewind and listen to any part of the show that you missed. Following on Twitter, at John Kincaid and at Kincaid Radio on Instagram, where my daughter tells me your Instagram game sucks, Dad. Isn't that charming? When your daughter tells you, like, Dad, your Instagram game sucks. You're bad at it. I'm like, thanks a lot. How do you think that tuition's being paid? Why don't you pipe down over there? Unbelievable. Did you ever, have you checked out this TikTok yet, Anthony? Have you done the TikTok? I know what it is. I've seen it. I have, have not you done parti- it? I have not participated yet. Yet. I'm getting closer, I think. How about uh, Olivia is over, I think, 55,000 followers on TikTok. 55,000? Yes. Wow. She's, she's, you know, she's a talented girl. You can follow, uh, you can get her music, too, at Apple Music or Amazon Music or iTunes. Just say, play Olivia Kincaid. You can get it, too. She's a multi-talented kid. I don't know where she gets it. As my mom said, as I prepare, I'm writing mom's eulogy, which, by the way, in the Catholic Church, we do it before Mass. You do it before the Mass during the visitation. You do it. and And my mom warned me. One of the last conversations where she was really cogent and, and of thought and aware. She made sure that I knew all the things that she wanted for her funeral and everything. She did not want a viewing. And um, she did not want anyone to see her after she died. She said, I don't like that. 
No one needs to see me after I died. Well, I was holding her hand as she died. So, Mom, I got to see you after you died. So, ha, 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 ha. And guess what? You looked peaceful and you were at rest and you're awesome. And we're going to celebrate your life next weekend. I will be off next weekend. The talented Robin Lundberg will uh, do double duty next weekend. He'll be in for me uh, next Sunday. And I appreciate Robin uh, doing that for me. Uh, I'm just going to need a day to regroup after the funeral and the celebration of her life. And I'm looking forward to that and seeing the family and everything back in Philadelphia. So that should be a, um, that should be, it's going to be a good event. It's going to be a good event. But a um, couple things to start this hour. That we, we get this hour started. So I'm writing, I'm writing my mom's eulogy. And my mom warned me that nobody likes those things when they go on too long. So I ask you, Anthony, how long should her eulogy be? I already have the answer in my head of what I think. How long should her eulogy be? Like 10 minutes. Oh, wow. That's longer than I thought you'd say. Now I'm wondering if I've scaled it down too much. Right now, I've got it, right now, I've got it at around five and a half minutes with some really funny moments in it. Got it around five and a half minutes. Is that too short? Now I'm feeling like it's too short because you said 10. They go like seven, eight. Okay, maybe seven, eight. Yeah. Maybe I can add a funny story or two. And my wife and daughter give me the lecture, too, about how long it should be, too. And as I say started out, I've told the story before, but I'll tell it one more time quickly. I'm starting it out with where my mom and I were at lunch. My daughter got up from the table at the age of 14, went to powder her nose, as she told her, my mom. And my mom reached across the table and, and like to hold my hand. And I'm like, wow, this is an affectionate moment. My mom really not known as being that warm and fuzzy. And she holds my hand and she says, can I ask you something? And I said, sure, mom, anything. And she looks at me very, very lovingly. And she just says, how did I get you and you got her? And I said, thanks, mom. Really appreciate that. You've just written the first line of your eulogy. And that is going to be the first story of her eulogy. <laughs> that was my mom, constantly busting, constantly having a good time. And I love her, and we will celebrate her next weekend. So that's why I will not be here. And I appreciate all of you with your kind thoughts on that. Going to tell some funny stories and have a good time and celebrate her life. I don't understand why certain people's opinions matter on certain subjects. I've said it to you many times. And we used to have a, a rejoin about this. I am a guy with a radio show. When someone calls me an expert, I laugh. I just chuckle. I'm an expert at nothing. I'm an expert at nothing. I'm very good at money management from my days in the business world. I'm very good at money management, at planning for your future, stuff like that. But I tend to be too regimented for a lot of people. But I do have good, I, I, that would be the closest thing I would think. I'm a budgeting expert. I'm really good at budgeting projecting, things like that. But sports, I've been doing this full-time for 21 years now, full-time. And I'm not an expert. I'm just, I'm a guy with a radio show. And I never try to come off as an expert. Just because you're really good at something. People are like, oh, well, you're an expert at sports radio. I said, hell no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't believe anybody is. I don't believe anybody is an expert at it. There are guys who are really good at it. I hope to be in the group that is very good, right below the excellent people. But uh, I heard the Brett Favre's comments on Carson Wentz this week, and I just want to quickly address it. So Brett Favre just says, if he, Eagles should have kept Nick Foles. He's better than Carson Wentz. 
And he talks about the bad decisions that Carson Wentz makes and everything like that. And I'm thinking to myself, does Brett Favre have a mirror? Because if not, I'm going to call rooms to go and I'm going to buy him one. Or any one of your local furniture outlets that would love to advertise on the show, we'd love to have you. I'm going to buy Brett Favre a mirror. Because did I hear Brett Favre questioning someone's decision-making on a football field? Because Brett Favre is singularly the worst decision-maker ever on a football field. Brett Favre thought he could make every throw. And by the way, he couldn't. Brett Favre was the ultimate gunslinger. I always love the gunslinger term. Well, guess what? The gunslinger term means he threw a lot of touchdowns and threw a ton of interceptions. That's what gunslinger means. No conscience. That does not mean Damon Amendolara, who is also a gunslinger, and that comes up an hour from now here on the network. He's the Sunday gunslinger, too. Damon, much more accurate, though, than Brett Favre ever was. This is Brett Favre. I'm coming to you from Atlanta today. This is Brett Favre, who got run out of the city that he was drafted by and the franchise he was drafted by. And before you think it's another Falcon punchline, boy, they missed the mark. No, it was because he was completely unprofessional and didn't know how to conduct himself as a mature adult when he was drafted. He ran himself off the team. So when you think of Brett Favre, I don't think of professionalism. And Brett Favre, who had to be lured back every year, I think I'm going to retire. No, I'm not. I think I may retire. No, I'm not. I might retire. All because I don't want to work. I don't want to go to mini camps. I don't want to go to training camp. I want the least practice as possible. I just want to show up on Sunday and play games and be a gunslinger. Last thing I need to hear about is professionalism and decision-making from Brett Favre. But what fascinates me more is my own hometown of Philadelphia being obsessed with what Brett Favre has to say about professionalism, about accuracy, about decision-making. Honestly, he's the absolute worst at it. He's the worst at it. So why does his opinion on someone else's accuracy, uh, professionalism, or whatever come into play when this guy has a resume littered with stupid decisions? Public life? Private life, on the field, off the field. Why are you giving Brett Favre such, such, such leverage? For God's sakes, any conversation that begins Brett Favre telling me that somebody throws too many interceptions, that's a tune-out for me. Because Brett Favre obviously doesn't have a mirror. He has no concept of even his own career. And how idiotic those statements are. But I guess people have to fill airtime and have to fill columns. And have to just consistently, not every stupid opinion, unfounded opinion, needs a form. Let's try ignoring stupid opinions next time. Just saying. And I'll try to do my best to do the same. Our toll-free line, 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Sponsored by our friends at Geico. You know, whether you rent or whether you own... Geico is going to make it really easy for you. You can bundle home and car insurance. And what that means is the more insurance you buy, the more plans you buy, the better rate you get on all of them. So having a home is hard work. Get a quote at Geico.com because they will make that easy for you. Brett Favre, tell me about that. That's like Charlie Sheen telling me about the dangers of drinking and drugs. Sorry. I, I, I just don't need to. I don't think I need to hear it from Charlie. And you know, I love Charlie. I love two and a half men. Great show. Still great. 
Mike in Atlanta joins us. Oh, Michael, how are you, brother? I'm doing good. I'm a longtime Bucks fan, so I remember used to be uh, playing against Brett Favre in the division. So I, I have a lot of history with that guy watching him. But I've never liked him. He's got a, he, He's he's got a good. He's a good. Um, he's a good athlete. You know, he's good to yes. watch. But the thing the thing that sealed it for me was when him and Michael Strahan laid down in the backfield together and and played roll around there for that sack record. That was that was absolute garbage, and that that showed his integrity. He has it showed, no by integrity. the way, by the way, and I love Michael Strahan, and I have interviewed I Michael, too. and I've given him grief about that. I, to Good, be a party to, it, to be a party to that, because that I was absolutely ridiculous. Not, not enough people talk about that nationally, and when they talk about Brett Favre, that to me is one of the biggest black marks on the NFL. Like giving up something for a record—that's that's no integrity. That is no integrity. It's absolutely no integrity, and it never should happen. That should never have happened. So what's going on today other than that? Anything? Oh, he dropped on us. That, that, tr- that truly is. People worry about integrity. I think people worry about records and numbers probably a little too much, and I know I'm probably hypocritical when I talk about numbers meaning a little too much because you know I love my numbers. Love my numbers. But wow. Uh, Andrew Brandt, by the way, from the Monday Morning Quarterback and the Business of Sports podcast. Boy, he knows numbers. He'll join us coming up 20 minutes past the hour. You do not want to miss that at all. So, Anthony, were more bodies falling in Kevin Dexter's house during the updates? Is it? I heard some thumping towards the end of his last update again. So really? I don't do, know. Do, can we can we hear it or not? To get I, I out. It's like this. Uh, th- See, it's a little, a, this one. This one's more difficult to hear. A little more subtle. Okay. Yeah, it's very subtle. Uh, okay. It's definitely not like the first update. Yes. Eagles will visit the Giants. Seriously, that was that's Eagles somebody will like, visit the Giants. That was somebody hitting the floor. That Eagles will visit the, the Giants. Man, I'm hoping Kevin Dexter. Maybe I've been wrong all these years about Kevin. Update man, premier broadcaster, serial killer. Maybe he is a serial killer. You never ever know. Um, I we and I got into a little debate beginning of the show today, and I wanted to get to it about history. And I always say that I don't do History Channel sports talk. I don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a stomach for the History Channel sports talk, talking about things from 30 and 40 years ago. And you got very animated with me about well, it. Well, I was just in a bad mood this morning. You know, I come in, this place is filthy, so I have to clean up. So I was annoyed about that. My sinuses are acting up, so my, oh, eyes, are? my eyes are swollen right now. Oh, no. So you yeah. were just a little cranky. I, I, I was really cranky coming in. I was, I was telling you that I was fascinated that I've listened to New York sports radio quite often because there's some really entertaining guys that do it. And I wanted to hear my man Craig Carton back in the airwaves. Congratulations, Craig, and hopefully this redemption tour continues because I think he's got a great story to tell, and he is one of the most talented guys sitting behind a mic in our business, period. So I'm glad to hear that, uh, glad to hear Craig back. But what I'm fascinated is is callers that want to talk about, like, the 86 Mets on New York Sports Radio. And it happens in Philly, too. People want to talk about the 80 Eagles. When I was uh, 14 years old, 15 years old, and people want to talk about the 80 Eagles. And, Anthony, you said there is a place for sports. Sports radio and history. And I'm like, yes, but you got to realize when you're talking about teams from 35, 40 years ago, 
the vast majority of people in the listening audience weren't even alive for it. I they think alive. I, I think you underestimate sometimes. However, see, um, it's tough with me because I just I, I'm I'm a fan of history. I just I love it. Uh, yeah, and, you and, and I and both love aspect. history, though. Yeah. We do love history. Uh, so it's difficult with me. Uh, but I I, th- I do think, especially with the young people, I, I don't think that you truly. Um, I think you underappreciate how many people actually do uh, like that side of it and, and do like learning the history. Well, like I would say to you, the Mets championship was 34 years ago. Okay. Probably seems like 70 to Met fans, but it was 34 years ago. 34 years ago means that if you are in the target demo that advertisers try to get to, it's 25 to 54. So that means you would have had to have been 20 when the Mets won. Anybody older than that is sort of targeting out of the demo. So I'm just saying is, why are people talking about history all the time? I, don't, I, I, I just don't understand it. Makes it. people feel good. Go back. It's good memories. Good memories. But the thing is, the majority, the, the majority of your audience wasn't alive or wasn't paying attention. They like, they, they've heard about it from their dad or their grandpa, which is a little scary. It's a little scary. Andrew Brandt's got numbers, angles, and he's somebody who has been, I think, very cautious about the return of football and how successful it would be. We'll discuss the NFL state of affairs with him next. It's the John Kincaid Show. This is CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. We always serve football with a side of strong opinion. Now back to the J.K. Show on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, you want strong opinion? We got it here for you. Constant strong opinion. You may not like the strong opinions from time to time, but we got them for you. By the bushel load. That's an old word, bushel. Does anyone use bushel anymore? JK Show, CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for being a part of things. This man lives in the shadow of, like, my stomping grounds in suburban Philadelphia. And even I even know people that have taken his class at Villanova. They say you're a very engaging professor, Andrew Brandt. That you, you engage your students in that sometimes you get derailed into conversations that you weren't planning and then sort of you set aside the lecture and just go off, go off topic and, and, and tell them something, some story or something that they didn't expect to hear that day. I've heard that's a good thing. I like professors like you. Good morning, John. It's good to hear. You know, it's, I, am, uh, I do sort of toggle is the, is the word I use between kind of the – Historical, what's on the syllabus, teaching them about the baseball antitrust exemption, teaching them about free agency in sports and salary caps and drafts and all the restrictions we have in sports that we don't have as human civilians. But then I'll go off in stories of when I was an agent or being running a team with the Packers. And it's, you know, I have some students that wish it was all stories, but uh, I have to teach this stuff, too. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I always love professors like that that share some of that. Yeah, when you, it's, it's good. When you look back on 2020 and you're a professor and you're going to be teaching this in 2023, 2025. Yeah. What do you think will be the overwhelming story that you tell of sports during the pandemic? What do you think the storylines will be that you'll be talking about? How leagues played through and how all sports dealt with unprecedented virus from the legal aspects of cancellations and event insurance 
but really more of the practical aspects. I mean, I was I was vocal throughout the off season in football, like, are we really doing this? Yeah, I remember those, and I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, and yes. and the question, John, is we are, and they are. But it's like every Tuesday morning you wake up, at least if you're a league official, and I think even a lot of us, and you sort of wipe your brow. Like, oh, man, we got through a weekend. And it, you can never plan like the Super Bowl or the playoffs because it is so week to week. And it's happening. Now, what I've been talking about this past week is that it doesn't seem like the overabundance of caution is in play the way it was early in the season. And what I mean by that is I think I remember Cam Newton, you know, being the only Patriot that tested positive and all of a sudden their games canceled or postponed. Correct. I remember a Thursday night game, Bills and Chiefs, you had some positives early in the week and all of a sudden they're playing on Tuesday. And now I go back to last Thursday night, Packers, 49ers, positive tests, at least three, or being exposed to positive on both sides, and the 49ers facility closed, and the possibility to move the game to Sunday, to Monday, to Tuesday, and they played, (laughs) and they played, and I'm like, okay, so now we have precedent, you can have positives on both sides, you can have a closed facility. And you can play. And then Ben Roethlisberger test pos- or is in close contact on Monday or Tuesday, and he's playing today. So I just it just seemed like that was even close contact, not even testing positive, was at least, I don't know, seven to ten days back four weeks ago. And now they're all playing. It's interesting that, you know, they're, they're in the mode now like we're getting through this. That's the way I see it. Do you believe that it's something whereby the NFL owners are demanding that Roger Goodell and everything push this through? Or do you believe that the the players themselves would say, yeah, this is what we want. We want to play. We want to earn our paychecks. There's a limited number of time for us to do that. We We want to take on the opportunity to work. Well, this is the whole country right now. It's business versus health and overabundance of caution versus economics. And yeah, there are a lot of stakeholders involved here, John. The players want to get paid. They don't get paid if they don't play. The the owners want their money despite having lesser fans. We know they're taking a hit. We know it's going to affect the 2021 cap, which we'll get to later. But the other stakeholder, which I think is so important here, are the networks. And we talked about the Thursday night game last week and the fact Bill's Chiefs had been moved to this ridiculous 5 p.m. Eastern slot. Listen, I am positive that Fox weighed in last week and said, hey, we moved that Bill's Chiefs. We got Packers 49ers. We got no World Series, no NBA. We're playing. I mean, play that game, yeah. It just seems like there are stakeholders involved beyond what we think of normally. Uh, Andrew Brandt, the Business of Sports podcast, and also Monday Morning Quarterback joining us here. John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. So I take you to this, and you teased it a little bit there. What are we facing for next year? And how is playing through this year with no fans, with revenues down, how does that affect teams in 2021? Well, kudos to the NFL and NFLPA. They got a what I call a mini-CBA 
six months after doing the 10-year CBA, they got a mini CBA done to play through the pandemic. And they got a minimum on 2021 cap, but it's not pretty. The minimum is $175 million per team. It's now 200 per team. Now, maybe it doesn't go down that much, but it's hard to believe it stays flat. And the, the fear is the bloodletting that we see usually, non-pandemic, February and March, is going to be magnified. And that, by that I mean veterans with non-guaranteed contracts with big numbers Gone. being deleted for rookie players and rookie contract players. And I think that was a problem for the draft, for the trade deadline. I, I think teams are not taking on big salaries for 2021. And the converse of that, inverse of that, is that draft picks have more value. So, yeah, there's going to be some bloodletting in 2021 to get down to. There are some teams, John, with cap commitments right now of 250, 275, and they may be cutting up to 100 million. Now, do you believe that the NFL going forward, and in any professional sport, is going to be affected by a year away from fans where fans sort of got away from maybe their normal viewing habits or maybe their normal attendance habits? Do you believe this is going to be something that years from now you're teaching your class about that, yeah, we now see attendance is down. We now see that, that these, uh, these sports are paying the price for that year where nobody was allowed to go to the games. Yeah, I do. I mean, again... I think it's going to be magnified for as the resources go down the line. What I mean by that is, you know, the Packers, the Steelers, etc., Eagles, they probably won't see it. But where there were problems getting full houses before, that'll be exacerbated. And this applies to every sport. You know, the name brands that have 50-year waiting lists for tickets, they'll be fine. But those who haven't established that are going to be at risk. And this goes down to lesser leagues, too. Are they going to be able to sustain? The resources are going to be important here. And, yes, I think this is the world at large, right, John, that people yes. are, people can do a lot on their phone and on their home screen. And why bother? I think now, that's going to be exacerbated. Now put on your agent hat again. Yeah. What's your pitch this off season when the owners are coming to you and they're crying poor mouth? Well, I just mentioned the CBA that basically that affects next year, and there's some reality to it because of what happened this year without fans. But it's always the point where what can we do together to make this work? You know, it's like when I'm an agent, I'm saying I can deal with your cap this year. You know, yes. but, but, but maybe down the line, you know, Patrick Mahomes did a deal – where he's making like $10 million this year, which puts him like last in the NFL. But he's making 500 over over 12. So those are the kind of deals that teams are going to look for, and we'll see if agents bite at them. What do you call it when somebody uh, sits in on a class? Not monitoring? What do you call it when like, somebody sits uh, Auditing, in? yeah, auditing. Okay, can I, sometime when I'm back home, can I audit? Can I audit one of your lectures? Yeah, but I will call on you. Oh, good. I'll be ready for that. I'll try to keep my answer short. Hey, uh, the Business of Sports podcast is fantastic for guys like me who love that subject matter. And uh, check out Monday Morning Quarterback, Andrew Brandt. Look forward to seeing you soon. Always a pleasure, my friend.
John. Take there care. There you go. Andrew Brandt joined us here on the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. doesn't always act like it. Call the John Kincaid Show now at 855-212-4CBS. I think I do act like, I mean, I do act like I want you to call, don't I? At least I hope to. Appreciate you as a part of the show every single week, being a part of the family. I feel like you're family. Really do. Great having Andrew Brand on. Gentleman says to me here, he goes, you and Andrew Brandt seem like you know each other really well. Do you know each other really well? I said, we've known each other over the years, my years at ESPN, and then before I left, and literally he he lives in the area where I'm from in suburban Philadelphia. So, great guy, great guy. Glad to have him on the show anytime he wants to join us. 855-212-4CBS, my luscious locks are coming up. And you don't want to miss them because I'm on a little bit of a hot streak. Last three weeks, I have a winning record. I'm five and four last three weeks, Anthony. Combined. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm climbing back into this thing. I'm glad I made you stick with them. You wanted yes, to give I'm, them up. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean up in a few minutes. Tom in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, joins us, the capital of the John, great state love of the show. Hi, Tom. How are you, buddy? All right. Long time. I haven't talked to you in a while. Good to good be to hear back. From you. What's going on, buddy? Listen. Uh, you got to explain something to me. Both yes. Penn State and Michigan did the same thing yesterday, and the Eagles used to do it when Chip Kelly was the coach. Ball's at the half-yard line. They're lined up in a shotgun, the quarterback six yards away, instead of just getting under center and doing a QB sneak and scoring a touchdown. Both Penn State and Maryland got stopped. Why, John? Yeah, Please yeah. tell me why. You're asking me to explain what to me is unthinkable. And and to me it's 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 almost insufferable that we that we get this as sports fans. I don't understand it. Like I don't understand the logic in it. Uh you are that close. You mean to tell me you can't get enough push to be able to pull that off, to be able to get that 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 half a yard makes no sense to me. So you're asking me to explain something that I really can't. I mean, I, I really wish I could. So dumb. It, infuri- it infuriates me, especially well, it's the- I'm a Penn State fan. They got a quarterback in the game that's 6'3", 230. It's not like he's a small guy. Well, there should be a lot of things that infuriate you as a Penn State fan. There should be a lot of things right now that are infuriating you. And, man, that's thanks for your call. There's a lot of things that are really bad about Penn State right now. And, I mean, I, I don't want any excuses. I Honestly, I don't want any excuses about the pandemic. I don't want any of them. I'm not here for that. I'm not here. I'm not listening to it. Because we know one thing is that every team in college football is dealing with the exact same issue. Why is it a problem for you and someone else is still managing to thrive? That sounds like a that sounds like something where you you've got inadequate leadership. How about that? Inadequate leadership. I think that's your problem. For a lot of these teams, that most certainly is. That is a big, big deal. Uh, let me see where we're going to go. Kevin in Cleveland joins us. Kevin, good morning. You're on the John Kincaid Show. How are you? I am good. How are you, John? 
Good to hear from you, Em. What's going on this morning? Hey, as a longtime listener, I want to extend my condolences to your family. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, next week, uh, go on and celebrate your mom's life. We are. We're going to have a big celebration. Party it up. I am I am following up with you on Andrew, uh, your conversation with Andrew. Sure. It, as far as all the naysayers go, as far as coronavirus goes, it, mm-hmm. it seems like the NFL has been oblivious with the coronavirus. And it seems like, you know, you take, for example, the University of Maryland, in the you know Mar- the the state of Maryland, okay, you know shutting down Maryland, whereas the Ravens continue to play. Uh, the Ravens continue to play. I'm, I'm a little confused by the type of guidance we're getting. You know, well, it, I think everybody's I think everybody's a little concerned from state to state, and I appreciate it. Thanks for your call. Um, I can tell you, it's confusing. Very confusing. Uh, I have spent a lot of time back in Philadelphia during the past month due to my mom's illness and then her, her death. And I'll be back there this week, getting on a plane and be back there this week. And I can tell you that when I go, when I go up to Philly after being in Atlanta since the beginning of the pandemic, it's as if I turn the clock back four months. As far as dining, being out in public, the amount of people on the streets, the amount of people at restaurants, the amount of people out... It's as if I turn the clock back four months when I go up north. Uh, Look, I'm not telling you which side's right. I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to tell you that they're doing it right, they're doing it wrong. But I can tell you that since the pandemic's begun, there are multiple different approaches, and they all seem to have some way failed if positive test is your failure. So there's a lot of people with a lot of questions. All right, I've got my luscious locks of the week. It's time for J.K.'s Luscious Locks this NFL Sunday. By the way, hair looking great this morning. Just want to tell you, a week outside of a haircut or so, it's just fantastic. Great job, Shelby. Rams, that's my hairstylist, my, my styling professional. Rams and the Seahawks, big game in the NFC West. Rams two and a half point favorites, and I will take them at home against the Seahawks. Seahawks running game will struggle today. Rams will be able to key on the passing game, and I believe they will do enough to eke out a victory. I will take the Dolphins minus one and a half at home this afternoon versus the Los Angeles Chargers. This line scares me because it seems so obvious to take the Dolphins. I'll still take the Dolphins. I'll lay the one and a half points. And on Monday Night Football, I will go against conventional wisdom. I will take the Bears as a home underdog with three points against the Vikings. The Vikings have been amazing the last few weeks. The Bears appear to be leaking oil. That'll all change tomorrow night. I'll take the Bears plus three, but I will not need the points. I will not need them. So, you got my picks for the week. Those are my three luscious locks. Rams minus two and a half, Dolphins minus one and a half, and Bears plus three. There you go on the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. There's your luscious locks, and I will continue my winning streak. Get back into this thing. There is a, there's an NFL owner who is paranoid about something, and I think, that I'm not, um, I think that I'm not being fair when I portray it like that, so let me reword it. There's an NFL owner who I believe is overstating the threat of eSports. And his name is Arthur Blank. 
Arthur Blank, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, great philanthropist in the Atlanta area and a tremendous owner as far as making sure that every player, every part of the organization has first-class opportunity to succeed. I've observed it up close for roughly 18 years of Mr. Blank's tenure. The man is first-class, first-class. But he was being interviewed, and he does not like eSports. Arthur Blank doesn't like it. In my personal view, he says it's my personal view, is sitting in front of one of those electronic video game kind of things where you have to develop the skill set for X number of hours a day is just not in keeping with what I think is the best part of a healthy young mind growing up. And I, be- I believe I agree with Arthur Blank. But he also feels it's a threat to his business model. That he believes less, player- less young people are going to fall into the fold of being sports fans, of going out to games and experiencing going out to a game in the future. I don't know where he gets that. I don't buy that for a second. I don't think people are going to stop going out to games because they're playing esports at home. I don't believe that's going to keep people away from stadiums. I believe high prices. I believe length of games going on too long with today's shorter attention spans, things like that. Those kind of things may be a threat, but I don't see esports as a threat. I personally can tell you one thing, and I can say this with definitive firsthand knowledge. I will never sit down to watch someone play a video game. And I know that my boy Shaq, man, Shaquille O'Neal, he's a genius when it comes to business. Shaq knows it. Shaq doubted esports as a as a business model. And then Shaq became an owner of an esports team. And he's involved with esports, and, and he's tried to sell me on the importance of esports moving forward. And yes, I think there is a niche for it. I think it has its own little niche. It's, it's, the, it's got a, a segment of the sports society that will be really into it. I also don't believe that it's something that is going to cause professional sports to go down the tubes, and esports is going to overtake it. This sounds to a lot to me like the soccer folks. Soccer guy. You know soccer guy. And guess what? There's no mocking soccer. Soccer in many markets, like here in Atlanta, is incredibly huge. It's, it's a huge success. And young people love to play it. What the problem is, is since I was a child, I mean elementary school, when Pele was crashing onto the American scene with the New York Cosmos, I've been told that the next big thing in this country is professional soccer. Soccer is going to take over some other sports. I was told at a time that that was also going to happen with NASCAR. It never happened. And it's not going to happen. Esports may be huge and may become big business. And you may even get a college scholarship for it. But taking over professional sports? No. No. Very much like soccer, I'll be hearing about that 40 years from now. And I'm going to be doubting it even then. Let's get to my closing argument. You had your say. Now John has his closing arguments here on the J.K. Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's been a fun show today and a sprint. We really did get a lot done today in a short period of time. And I appreciate everybody who was a part of it. Uh, Let me tell you this. Is that one thing we learned is that Heather Dinich... We started the show with this from ESPN. She said, I just want to share with you on Friday night. She said, I just want to share with you this week in college football sucked. Well, Heather, I'm going to share with you that Saturday did not. Saturday was absolutely awesome. It was fantastic. 
Because you know what? 15 games being canceled, yeah, that's a problem. That's a bump in the road. That's an issue that we all got to deal with. But you know what? Saturday was awesome, and it certainly didn't suck. I don't care about college football much Monday through Friday. When Saturday's awesome, that works for me. That really does work for me. And uh, we had some good discussion today. I don't really think there's a lot of games that are shifting the sands in the NFL, but I am interested to see what the Buffalo Bills do against the Cardinals. And I have called it already. I'll take the Bears on Monday Night Football. I won't need the points. I think the Bears are going to beat the Vikings on Monday Night Football. And I think you are the best audience in sports radio. You are the smartest. I thank you for choosing this show every single week and being a part of our family here at the John Kincaid Show. Follow along on Twitter, at John Kincaid, and at Instagram, where my daughter says my Instagram game sucks, at Kincaid Radio. Congratulations, Tony Pierno, another great show. I'll tell you, follow him on Twitter. Anthony does a spectacular job. And Kevin Dexter, stop piling up the bodies. Damon Amanda Laura piles up the entertainment for you next. Thanks for being a part of the John Kincaid Show. I'll be back in two weeks, and thanks to... You for being here next week on the J.K. Show, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.